Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi and Mississippi, for that matter, such a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, listen, there's been a bit of a theme on Coast View over the last few weeks as we have begun to have conversations with uh, a group of people that have formed partnerships with Super Talk Mississippi News, uh, and and write, they're writing columns. Uh, had a great conversation with uh, with Mark Henderson that you'll see next Monday about the column that he's going to be writing about entrepreneurship and a long list of others. And and one of the people who's writing a column for us, and I'm so thrilled about it, I might add, because if you're a regular listener here on Coast, you you know that I am president of Paige Roberts Fan Club, who is the the president and CEO of the Jackson County Chamber. uh, And Paige is going to be writing a regular column. And she wrote one recently that's extremely important. We're going to talk more about that here in just a second. But we also invited someone else to join us who can kind of weigh in on the conversation as we move forward. And that is uh, Tiffany Murdoch, uh, someone also that I admire greatly, someone who's been on the show many times. She's the CEO of Singing River Health Systems. I want to welcome both of you, Tiffany and Paige, to back to Coast View. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, no, I think about the, you know, the shows that we've had together, Tiffany, and um, it, a, a wide range of subjects. We're starting back in, during the pandemic and then more recently with the county's decision to, at first, I think it was sell or create strategic partnerships. But more recently, we went through a process that led to what will be a sale of Singing River. And we'll get an update from you in just a second. But I think about the kind of chemistry that you and I have had over all of those conversations. And I've been impressed with you as a leader. I've really enjoyed our conversations. But, it's, you know, our connection is very similar to mine and, and Paige's connections that um, you know, you you believe you've got great experience in how to how to how to bring healthcare to a community. Uh, in a time when the healthcare community is so so challenged, uh, you've helped me understand why Mississippi should be thinking about certain things, um, like for example, Medicaid expansion. But this is not what this conversation is about. But it's one that I feel very strongly we should continue to be having. And Paige, um, you know, I appreciate your leadership. You know, we we had the opportunity in the last couple of days to to be at the One Coast Awards. Paige, you did a great job presenting. Incidentally, it was good to see you there. And uh, I thought, incidentally, we had a Christian Hartley who's been on the show before. And uh, and our friend Julian Rankin, um, boy, they knocked it out of the park. They did the keynote speech at the beginning. But, Paige, that was special, wasn't it? It was incredible. I want to take notes every time Julian Rankin speaks because his command of the English language is so impressive because of the beauty and poetry that just rolls off his tongue. And he claims to be copying Walter Anderson, but that was not all Walter. It was so beautiful. And then just the heart, too, that comes from Christian, uh, which 
which is in her name appropriately so, Christian Hartley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just absolutely two wonderful uh, embodiments of true leadership and regionalism. I just, I couldn't have been more pleased. Yeah. So Christian, for people who missed my conversation with Christian, she is the uh, president for the Jackson County branch of Cadence Bank. And of course, Julian Rankin is the executive director for the uh, Walter Anderson Museum of Art and have had awesome conversations with them both. Um, on, on Julian's side, he, what, he, what he talked about at the One Coast Award was this notion of vision. And you're right. I mean, I say this every time that I talk to Julian, but his ability to describe things and the relationship between art and place and landscapes and how they define us and how they create this vision for a community that's more aspirational than we all currently feel and how if we can see that, we can aspire to go get that. Uh, his ability to describe that is just special. And then Christian, her her story in and of itself from being homeschooled to not liking math to becoming a bank president, and the story that she talks about how the people she least expected to have an impact in her life are the people who had an impact in her life and how important it is to find leaders around us who, we can, who, who can inspire us. But her message about leadership and her, our need to... to 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 uh, to give others sort of tutelage to so they can become good leaders and his message about about uh, vision, uh, what a great way to kick off the One Coast Awards. Lord, how mercy! Yes, and and um, Christian is on Tiffany's board for River Health System. Yeah, she has been literally the light on our board. She's unbelievable. The example that she sets, it's all about action. She is, you trust her from the very moment you meet her. Um, she's been unbelievable in this process because she actually, the day she started the board is the day we made the recommendation to move forward with, um, you know, an acquisition. And um, she has been unbelievable through it. It's, it's, yeah. it's is real with her. She was so inspiring. And I said this when we were together with her, that um, she's incredibly articulate. I mean, she is just really a very, very articulate communicator. And I had the opportunity to meet her mother, who was at the awards with her. And I've visited with her for quite a while, actually. And you could see where the inspiration came from. I mean, she she was determined to give Christian every opportunity to succeed in life. And, uh, and man, has it paid off. It was just it was just really inspirational. And I should also say that, that Tiffany, you were identified as one of the community leaders, top 10 community leaders. Yes. And uh, congratulations, incidentally. I'm so proud. And, what, you know, I have the I have the uh, you know, I mean, it's just reality when when I had the opportunity to start these awards 21 years ago when I was publisher of the Sun Herald. I envision people like you, envision people like Paige that we would hold up as examples for others. I think it's great recognition, and I congratulate you on getting recognized in that way. But to me, the way that accrues to the community is that people become aware of who is Tiffany Murdoch, and they start to look into who T Tiffany Murdoch is. Who is Paige Roberts, and start to look in. 
understand the who Paige Marta, uh, Paige Roberts is, and they and then they say, okay, gosh, I want to I want to emulate the things that you do. I want to try to understand how you're balancing your career with giving back to the community, and the more people who can be inspired by that by that sort of example that you set, the better. To me, that's what the One Coast Awards are all about. But it was great to see you there and and to see you recognized. Yeah, thank you. It was. It's one of the best awards. I was most excited. My um, my husband and my dad got to come because I 100% could not be a part of all of these community events if it were not for them, you know, watching my five and seven year old and not letting them, you know, run off cliffs while I'm trying to do stuff for the community. So um, it yeah. was an honor and, you know, just to represent Singing River and I don't know, just the community in general. I tell people all the time, this becomes, I want my kids to grow up here. This becomes your life and you want to do good by it. So. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I know for a fact that you feel that way. I know that you do. Um, Paige, you heard what I said about the importance of the One Coast Award and how people like like Tiffany and you, for that matter, are held up as examples for others. But I mean, it is a moment to reflect, isn't it? Oh, it it is. And you know, back to Julian and Christian's remarks to sort of start us off was a great moment to reflect upon where we all sit in the bigger picture. I mean, we we have the microcosm of our own lives and the sphere of influence individually, but when we're there, we're clearly a part of a greater ecosystem, which is so appropriate on the coast because we talk about the importance of ecosystems from from our oyster reefs right onto land into the to the C-suite of businesses. And it just makes me so proud. Um, and as I mentioned uh, while I was speaking on stage, it, you know, I've known Christian Hartley since she was 14. She was homeschooled, but her best friend was one of my students at Pascagoula High School in the yearbook class. And I, I've known Julian pretty much since he came here. And I look on almost now as a proud mama <laughs> on these younger um, leaders and am just really kind of exhaling uh, about what is still to come uh, with this next generation of leaders and and feeling good about it. And I know you did a show with Jace Payne um, because he had written a, a piece for Super Talk on the young professionals on the coast. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, that actually that conversation with Jace Payne was just so good, and uh, it's been viewed hundreds of times. And I, 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 what I like about it is it's getting into the networks of young professionals, the the younger, and it's not we're not talking about just people who are just now getting into leadership development. These are people who are leaders already in the community, and the name of that column, incidentally, is Next Up because they're, they're the ones who might be the next chairman of the chamber. They're, they're the ones who might be the next chairman of the, of the Coast Business Council, and to see what's going through their minds, the challenges that they're going to be writing about going into the future, um, we're really privileged to have those kind of relationships. And when we come back, we're going we're gonna to really zero in on a column that Paige wrote that is extremely important. We'll see you after this.
live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have uh, Tiffany Murdoch, who is the CEO of Singer River Health Systems, and Paige Roberts, who is the president and CEO of the Jackson County Chamber, a regular guest here. Both of them are actually a regular guests on, on Coast View, great leaders in coastal Mississippi. And Paige is going to be writing a regular column for Super Talk Mississippi News. And what she writes about doesn't just apply to coastal Mississippi, although it may have its roots in coastal Mississippi. It really applies to all of Mississippi. And frankly, it, this first column really speaks to the human condition. And um, rather than sort of, I, I decided I wouldn't give a summary. What I really want to do is ask you, if you don't mind, Paige, to read that that first portion that I sent to you, and uh, and then I'll say a couple of things about it, and then we'll kind of kick off the conversation and and uh, and get your and Tiffany's points of view about it. So here we go. I'm gonna. This is Paige Roberts reading from a column she wrote about a really important conversation. Thanks, Ricky. Yeah. I look at the clock, 8.02 p.m. time. It is elusive, ephemeral yet eternal. It flies, it drags, it allegedly heals all wounds. In its fullness, it reveals truths. It is our most precious gift. We measure our lives by it, time of birth, time of death. Tick, tock, tick. Talk the real TikTok of our lives. Smiley, feisty 17-year-old Kaylee Welton is out of time. She stopped her own clock with a gun on March 22nd this year. The one-year anniversary is fast approaching April 11th, and now just passed, when athletic, handsome 14-year-old Sawyer McGee stopped his clock. He told his dad he had had the best day ever and then killed himself later that evening. Educators at Kaylee's school reported seeing her throughout the school day and as she left to go home that afternoon. Nothing about her seemed unusual or caused alarm. Both teenagers lived in South Mississippi, where their families still reside. Teenage suicide is not new to our collective consciousness. It is, however, disturbingly on the rise. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's Youth Risk Behavior Survey Data Summary and Trends Report 2011 to 2021, released February 13th of this year, is a sobering alert to a generation struggling to survive. The CDC analysts describe a, quote, significantly worsening, unquote, situation in their executive summary. As we saw in the 10 years prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, mental health among students overall continues to worsen, with more than 40% of high school students feeling so sad or hopeless that they could not engage in their regular activities for at least two weeks during the previous year, a possible indication of the experience of depressive symptoms. We also saw significant increases in the percentage of youth who seriously considered suicide, made a suicide plan, 
and attempted suicide. High school should be a time for trailblazing, not trauma. These data show our kids need far more support to cope, hope, and thrive, said Dr. Deborah Horry, CDC's chief medical officer and deputy director for program and science. According to a UCLA health article, suicide is the second leading cause of death in young people ages 15 to 24 in the United States. So the co- pages column, page such a tough conversation, but such an important conversation that we need to have about this. But uh, people who want to see that column, you can go to supertalk.fm, supertalk.fm. We'll also put a link with this conversation so people can have access to it. And go to just click news and then go to opinions, and you'll be able to find the column there. But we'll put a link with this show on Facebook as well. Um, you went you went on to write more, and you ended it with this. Uh, it was a it was a quote from Bill and Gloria uh, Gaither. We have this moment, and here's here's what you wrote at the very end. And it was this you shared this quote. We have this moment to hold in our hands and to touch as it slips through our fingers like sand. Yesterday's gone, and tomorrow may never come. But what we have this moment. But we have this moment today. And your point was time is of the essence. We've got to not put these conversations off to tomorrow. These are important communications, important conversations that we need to be having today. You know, Paige, I tell you, I remember the moment when this most recent suicide took place. You called me that day, and, and I remember how hopeless you feel when you when someone is in that situation. And we got to do more. We got to do more. Um, what was going through your mind when you called me? Well, I called Tiffany, too, actually, that same day. I was just devastated. Um, As I said, I knew of the other suicide just a year before. And this one hit home, especially because Kaylee's father is a Jackson County Sheriff's deputy. And he and I uh, knew each other, know each other still, and have spoken since Kaylee's death. And he just feels so um, besides devastated about his daughter's death, like there was no um, nowhere to go. He didn't know how to identify what she might be showing, if any um, symptoms or signs that there was a real problem. He he just he felt like there was uh, he was very ill-equipped, and that there weren't any resources there for him or for Kaylee. You know, it's scary because in both cases, Sawyer and Kaylee were quite um, normal appearing, if you will, the day of their suicides. But a psychiatrist, actually um, Dr. Ridgway at Singing River Health System told me that often um, it is like that because once they make the decision, they find peace. And that is why they seem so fine is because they've they found their peace but in a in such a um devastating unnecessary way but it is for them to escape the pain and the darkness that they're experiencing and and it gives them peace and it just breaks my heart 
Yeah, it breaks my heart, too, to think about 40% of kids who have gone through some process that puts them in a position where something bad could happen to them. You know, that's that's tough. And then you think about, of course, you and I had many conversations about social media and its impact on kids, especially things like Instagram mm-hmm. and what it does, especially to, to all young people, but especially young women, what it's done to their lives. Um, and we, we, as a, we as a set of communities are not having a serious enough conversation about this. And Tiffany, when you think about it, I, I, I know you have a lot to think about, but there's a reason why Paige called you. Um, you're someone who cares deeply about the community. What, what are you seeing and what are your professionals telling you? I mean, unfortunately, I think, you know, Paige had said it before, but there's no infrastructure. You know, we'd go straight to crisis management and we should be looking at this like if someone had diabetes or high blood pressure, some other kind of chronic condition, but instead we are treating it like um, a heart attack or a stroke and then it's too late. And um, we have to get a better sense. I mean, I have a seven-year-old daughter. I see in her this um, need for perfection and I see the anxiety building. And in my head, I know she needs to go start therapy now. So she doesn't become a 13-year-old that's so overwhelmed with this uh, sense of perfection that her only way out is to not be here. And so we, we have to have the, I mean, we have a five to six week wait now, you know, because we, we only have two psychiatrists at St. River Health System. We are continuously recruiting. Um, it's not like we're not looking. We'd take six of them if we could, but it's not when the person is having the suicidal ideations. It's when the person is seven or, you know, in Kaylee's um, instance, you know, her mother passing away, but we don't give, we don't equip parents with saying, okay, we probably need to put her part of hospice of of a cancer patient should probably be therapy for the family post-mortem of that family member who dies. And I know I'm saying a lot of stuff and we don't have these infrastructures built yet, but there, there is, there are real options um, that we need to start looking at. And it will take federal dollars and it'll take state dollars and it'll take the pages and the Rickies and the Tiffany's of the world that just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. But um, it, it just, it can't be a crisis management. It can't be a, oh my God, I can't believe they're crazy. You know, they're crazy or they're kids. And this is an epidemic of a chronic illness that we have to take care of in our country and especially locally in our community. Tiffany, I remember having uh, doing a trip to Washington, D.C. In fact, what we'll do, I'll tell this story when I get on the other side. I want to make a, a sort of a universal point about about health, uh, excuse me, about mental health care in the United States in general. And, um, and then we'll just continue the conversation with Tiffany Murdoch from Singer River Health Systems and Paige Roberts from the Jackson County Chamber. We'll see you after this. for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. 
Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having actually a very difficult conversation. Coast View is usually very positive, but man, you had to be positively focused on solutions when bad things happen in your community, as Paige discussed at the beginning, actually in the last segment. Uh, teen suicide. But what I was about to mention, Tiffany and Paige as, as well, I was uh, I was at uh, a meeting in Washington, D.C., and it was during Ronald Reagan's administration. And I remember walking, it was not far from the Capitol, and there were, there were homeless people out on the street. And that was kind of a new phenomenon in Washington, D.C. You didn't really see much of that prior to that. And there, America was having this has been an ongoing conversation for America that goes back as far as I can remember. But they were having, they were releasing people from mental hospitals, and they were just, we were confused about how to deal with mental health in 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 this country. And it seems to me, looking back, that's a long way back, and you take take us all the way through the present day. We just never really figured it out that that so much. I mean, I had a I had a wonderful leader in the community. I, I, I will not mention who who she is, but um, very significant leader in the community that talked to me about. They sent me a note, very impassioned note about mental health and gun violence and what's happening around the gun violence that we're seeing. Um, and we just there's a lot to solve. There's a lot of problems to solve. And and Tiffany, you you just pointed out. You, you've got two psychiatrists. You could hire six today if you could find them. That we've got a capacity issue here. We've got there's not a strategic plan for, for for our nation to to focus on it. We're getting all this bad data about Instagram and social media and its impact on what was already a challenging problem and making it worse. Page, um, man, how do we cope with this? I mean, the truth is we can't think that the world's going to come with us to us with all the solutions. Mm-hmm going to take the community working together to help solve these problems the best we can. Um, when you think about solutions, though, Paige, what do you think about? Well, the first thing I think about, quite frankly, is a task force. And I, I know that seems like maybe a cop-out answer in some way, but a, a task force like a think tank of community leaders from a broad spectrum, maybe not very big, but some real um change agents who can come from their perspectives to join the healthcare provider uh, and the leaders like Tiffany, because there are some programs out there, but there there are also... there are also, I think, I don't have the answers, but I think that if we start by bringing together some of our great thinkers, no matter what industry they're from, that we could come up with something to move forward. I mean, T- Tiffany shared, you, you know, the situation with her seven-year-old, and I teared up because that's describing me. And at 53, I'm still working on the damage that being a perfectionist can cause. But Tiffany has shared with me that they've had an eight-year-old in the ER. Is that right, uh, yeah. Tiffany? Yeah. I mean, the the unbelie- we have kids in our ER every single day attempting suicide. I mean, this is not, I mean, they haven't 
Not every single one of them, you know, obviously do it. But I mean, the fact that we have female children using guns to commit suicide, I mean, that in itself should tell you, you know, kind of where we're at in the escalation of the situation. I mean, females and guns and suicide usually are not connected. And for it to be a child and a female, that is that we are at a pivotal point that we have to make. It's an economic decision. We, I think the first thing we have to do is say we have a problem. It's economic. It's familial. I mean, it is, it's everything. And we, we got we to do something. We, if you don't make a first step, then you're never going to make a step. And speaking of the economics, Ricky, I've been looking, as I shared with J.T. Mitchell, the news director at Supertalk, on the next column being about the cost of mental health to our businesses. And in the U.S., from what I've been able to find so far in my research, we're talking about almost $50 billion cost in absenteeism, as well as what they're calling presenteeism, which is that I show up to work, but I'm not really in good mental health condition and therefore not as productive as I can be. It comes out to about $5,000 a worker that an employer is spending because of mental health, poor mental health conditions. And I want to bring up another really good point about something you mentioned as I've been really thinking about what the connection might be, if any, between the gun violence we have been seeing, not, not just here on the coast, but everywhere in our country and mental health, because not every time a trigger is pulled is it related to mental health. But I will say that this is probably a commonality, and that is our societal inability to have resilience. We cannot seem to find appropriate ways to deal with uncomfortable feelings like anger and shame and loneliness and not belonging, which are part of Maslow's hierarchy of needs that go right to the core of any human, regardless of their background or, or where anything about them, uh, just our commonality as a human. And so we pick up a gun to solve that uncomfortable feeling. And maybe we're pointing it at someone else. Maybe we're pointing it at ourselves. It, it, the headlines are full of them, and I worry about our societal inability to have resilience, especially because resilience was such a huge part of our um, our recovery after Hurricane Katrina. And this isn't even about a natural disaster. This is just about getting up in the morning and making it to the end of the day to go to sleep again at night. And some of us aren't making it. And I'm really concerned. Well, Paige, in a way, it's interesting. It's not a natural disaster, but it is a disaster. Yeah. It's a, and it's, it's a silent disaster. When I was in New Orleans as the publisher uh, and president of uh, TimesPicayNola.com, I had many, many conversations with Mayor Mitch Landry about the, the cycle of gun violence in the city of New Orleans. And when you start to break it all down, Good Lord, is it complicated because it's generational. 
So there's sort of a strategic element that's going to take generations to begin to solve. But then there's a really tactical piece to this. And one of the points that he made to me is that, you know, he talks to a lot of the young men that have been involved in murders and difficult, you know, um, you know, gun related violence. And he said, oftentimes they're just scared to death. They're not really, you know, some of them are just stone cold killers, but, but many of them are just scared to death. They're scared. They don't know if they're going to live tomorrow, and they're making decisions based on that. I think about the spring break that we all just experienced and the the video that shows someone out in the middle of Highway 90 firing a gun multiple times into a crowd. What kind of what kind of thought is that? I mean, there's just like no care for humanity or you know the fellow man. Okay, what happens is you get so engaged in these conversations and you realize the complexity of them all that people ultimately just to say, gosh, where do we start? But I think where you have to start is say, okay, where's the low-hanging fruit? Where, where, Where can we make an impact? Well teaching parents what to recognize and how to recognize it. Now, that's a good place to go. Teaching teachers and administrators to look out for these things. Helping people like the two young people that we just talked about as part of your column who made that decision and sadly found peace in having already made that decision before they make the decision to know what call they can make or how do they reach out or how do you how do you have these conversations? It's, there's no one answer. It's a, it's a multitude of, and it's a multifaceted approach to solving the problem, but a community has to recognize that it's there, that the disaster is here. Now, what are we going to do about it? How, how, is, how is our response going to reflect our true resiliency? The same as it, we saw after Hurricane Katrina. Um, it's well, not easy. And and I think, too, it, unfortunately, it goes back to what Tiffany has said. We've been discussing this for months, probably I think the first day you took your job, Tiffany, uh, we've been talking about it uh, since then. And we can have a kick-ass campaign about mental health awareness. We could remove all stigma related to mental health. But what are we going to do then? Where are we going to send them? The professionals are not in place. The systems are not in place. And we have workforce crises in every industry, psychiatry and psychology as well. Yeah, it's a, it's, woo, it's, a, it's complicated, but this is not one you can turn your head to. I, we tend to want to turn our head away from things like teen suicide because it's so painful to contemplate the reality of that, the loss that comes from that. It's so permanent, and there's got to be more we can do. I'm convinced there is more we can do. Hey, when we come back on the other side, we'll have a final segment, but this will not be the last time we talk about this. We'll see you after this. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. You got to go read Paige's column. It's so important. And uh, you can uh, see it. We'll put a link with this on uh, Facebook, or you can go to Super Talk. Dot .fm go to news and opinions and you'll find the column there it's important read it 
and um, and seek solutions if you if you sense there's issues in your family or in your friends. Don't 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 push it aside. Deal with it. You know, uh, Tiffany. One of the things I wanted to mention to you after Hurricane Katrina. We had a full-time psychologist at the Sun-Herald for months, literally for months. And because our reporters had lost, 65 of our employees had lost everything. Some lost family members. Reporters are out seeing death and dying, and it was a very difficult time. And it was it was amazing. At first, people kind of, you know, we went in the back room and, you know, that kind of thing. But as time went on, people were standing out in the hall, you know, going to, going to talk to our psychologist. There was no stigma on it whatsoever. It was just expected, and it was such a wonderful part of the, of the conversation. And she would often catch catch me and say, you sure you don't need to talk or, you know, is everything going okay? And it was just awesome. But she mentioned something to me and I wanted to mention it now. She said, think of it this way. And I don't know if these statistics are specific, but, but it's a really great way to make the point. She says, if you go through society, about half of society is on or near the edge psychologically. I mean, just that's the way it is. And when a big event happens, all 50% of them are now over the edge, and the 50% that le have left, probably 50 to 75% are now on the edge now, and they could go over the edge. What does that leave, she says, of people who really have it all together? It's a very small percentage of the total situation, and that's what Katrina did. Is it took all these people that were on the edge and pushed them over. And then the, and so if you think about take Katrina out of it just a second and just think, as you were pointing out, the billions of dollars it costs businesses because of mental health issues that they're facing, so many employees are on the edge, whether it be some form of addiction or whether it be difficulty in a relationship or just having some issue with depression or whatever it might be. But Tiffany, you guys talk about this all the time, don't you? Yeah, I mean, some of the things I, I love the fact that, you know, you guys are saying that, you know, we have to make a, you know, we have to do something. And so um, one of the main things that we're doing, and Dr. Roth, our CMO, mentioned this to me, is reminding people that don't wait. You know, if someone tells you there's a six-week wait to get into a psychiatrist for you or your child, but you see the signs that have been taught and you're you're like, okay, well, I guess I have to wait. Don't, don't wait. Come to the ER. Go, we will, we will triage that situation. So it doesn't, it doesn't get to the point of a crisis situation. And then our What the Health event is our our biggest women's event for the entire coast. And um, it's on September 15th, it's a Friday. And we have we have made that entire event around mental health and how to give some people tools because we have a lot, of, a lot of mothers there and grandparents and people there and people in the industries and who, who lead um, employees. And we want to be able to give people, you know, roles for that. And then also we want to do an event and we want to start a task force with Paige and, you know, people from our community, like she stated before, but to do almost a, a mental health summit around, you know, for our kids and for our parents about what, what to look for, what can we do? And then it forces you almost, okay, if you're going to say you're going to do it, you better have the tools to back it up. And, you know, from a health system standpoint, our mission is to improve health and save lives in the communities we serve. What better way to do this is to start with our mental health and start, stop giving people a hard time about work-life balance and taking care of ourselves. It's the old, put the oxygen on yourself first and then you can take care of everybody else. We've got to start somewhere. So, I see that. It was possible we lost Paige. Um, if she comes back in, we'll grab her in. But one of the things I'm, I'm thinking about, Tiffany, as you, as, you, as you think, as you say that, is that, you know, we, we have to find out 
where is the low hanging fruit? Where can we impact now? What are the things that we can do now? And I see a sense of commitment by Singing River Health System that with, with community partners to yes. begin to really address that so that parents can, and teachers and anyone, I mean, this is really anyone who sees anything that doesn't seem right, that that's, where someone is, is screaming for help. Absolutely. Uh, that this would be an opportunity for us to, to you know, let point them in the right direction. The, the notion of not waiting for a six-week uh, waiting period, if you know someone needs help, tell them to come to the, to, to the uh, emergency room. Um, I love that Dr. Roth would be engaged in that way, and I'm not surprised to hear that at all. Yeah, and I mean, you know, people, we we treat heart attacks like that. We treat strokes like that. I mean, when you're, when, you know, you see something wrong, and, and he mentioned these three things, if they, they're disengaged in sports that they were really engaged in, if they have zoned out and are only watching TV or playing video games and they used to be engaged in conversation, if, um, you know, they're in their room a lot, all, all of these things that, you know, happen before they start finding peace with, oh, they have found another another out. This is the time to say, let's get to a professional, whether that be an ER, if we can get them in, we got to do something now. Yeah, well, we'll uh, it looks like we did lose Paige, which is fine. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, I really appreciate, here's Paige coming back in now, but, um, but, but we were, we were just, uh, we were just kind of concluding the conversation. Paige, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you writing this column. It's important to this community. Tiffany, thank you for being engaged, not just in Coastview, I mean, where we can sort of review where we are in our thinking, but in being engaged with, with, with Paige and being inspired by her passion and, and engaging your health network to, to get focused on it so we can save some lives. And we'll continue this conversation, but we are out of time for today. This has been the C. CEO of Singer River Health System, Tiffany Murdoch, and my friend Paige Roberts from the Jackson County Chamber. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.